The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Trump wrote, there are no world leaders who are as, quote, evil and sick as the thugs we have inside our country who are looking to destroy our once great USA. May they rot in hell before ending with Merry Christmas. Yeah, I mean, look, this is what the base wants. These deranged tweets that have all caps and weird places. And I quite frankly, am going to tell you that I think it was one of the most pathetic Christmas greetings I've heard when a former president of the United States who wants to return tells people on Christmas Day that they can rot in hell. He is contributing to the divisiveness and division in this country. Violence is becoming normalized. We need to treat them like every Everybody's a human being and bring that civility back because our democracy is in trouble if we start to let the kind of anger, violence and division that's creeping in be normalized more. Well, right now, Donald Trump is somebody who has run for president twice as a wrecking ball. I believe in 2024, make the case that Joe Biden is more chaotic, but his own nature to just tweet random things that are offensive or crazy at any given time really are going to make it hard for his team. To- well, we're, we're seeing the threat stream light up with this kind of vitriol uh, because of a couple of factors. One, there's, you know, what you could call the Trump factor, which is he goes and makes very personal attacks. 2024 is going to be a year in which uh, elections and the and the threat of the, the threat of violence overhangs this election, right? For for two reasons. One is Trump isn't hiding it. The lead candidate for the GOP who's going to get the nomination is utilizing language and violence and the threat of violence as a way to rally his people. 2023 has been an historic year. The rule of law has been tested in ways unseen in American history. But wow, does 2024 look like it's going to be an even greater challenge to the basic foundations of our democracy. Wow, more angry tweets coming from uh, Donald Trump. And of course, this represents a threat to democracy. It's Donald Trump who's been out of office almost three years, almost three years. And he's the source of everything that's wrong with the United States. He's the cause of all violent activity. You are listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. We appreciate Sam Livingston subbing in on yesterday's show. It was a great show. If you want to go back and uh, see that, you can see the live stream of this show every day at 11.05 a.m. in the Central Time Zone, either at TrumpetDaily.com or the Rumble channel. Just go to rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. But uh, you should also know that the shows are posted after the fact as well. So if you'd like to, uh, to listen to Mr. Livingston's show from yesterday, that would be at uh, both of the websites. Lots to get to on today's show. We're going to focus. We've been coming back to this theme in the last uh, two, three weeks as we're about to flip the page on another calendar year. The War in 24, powerful article uh, coming up from... Uh, Victor Davis Hansen, one that was just posted uh, the other day. So we'll go through quite a bit of detail on, uh, on that particular piece. Also, some fun at the end of today's show. We've got uh, a few minutes of some of the funnier moments on this show, Trumpet Daily, over the past year. Uh, that will get us in the montage mode because we've got the mega montage coming up at the end of this week as well. So make sure that you uh, stay tuned all the way to the end of today's show so that you can have a good laugh with uh, us. Speaking of laughs, listen to this. I guess he's a Republican strategist. He's on uh, NBC and this is his, this is his personal view with respect to the presidential election next year, clip two. Is there any chance you would stay at home on election day? No. 
I, I love American democracy too much that uh, Biden and Trump, if it's a Biden and Trump race, then I would vote for Biden, even if he was dead. That's pretty much what you did in 2020. That's what you got. And they're prepared to go with the same platform again. How's that for a campaign slogan? Vote for the dead guy. As I say, they got it. They got it. We know who's running the country. We know there's an Antiochus. There's one that's come in the spirit of Antiochus and his mission to fundamentally transform the United States. That's been going on for 15 years. And they want to talk about Donald Trump inciting violence. Listen to this from uh, Hakeem Jeffries. He's the House minority leader, the Democrat, the radical communist. He said, we will never yield our democracy to the MAGA extremists who want to take it away. We will never yield. That's like a, a, a veiled threat, basically. And they want to go on and on about Donald Trump saying that the, the communist insurrectionists need to be destroyed. Their movement needs to be destroyed. Here's uh, Hakeem Jeffries. It makes you think of that clip from Tucker where he says, look, uh, the, what's left in the quiver? I mean, <laughs> assassination, any means necessary to keep Donald Trump. We'll play a, a bit from that clip in, uh, in just a moment. But first Sundance commenting on this uh, Jeffries tweet, he says, yay, uh, yes, well, if you want to understand the ideology of the leftists, the communists, the fascists, just look at this tweet. Just look at the way they think. It says this is a completely loaded public declaration by the Democrat House leader. It goes without saying that mainstream media will ignore the extremism as presented because that would involve an open admission that everything the Democrats accuse others of doing, including election denial, is exactly what Democrats do. Another case of projection says here, this statement from Jeffrey sounds a lot like David Pluff and his, <coughs> and, uh, the, his kind uh, of statement. This is from Pluff in 2016, where he said, it's not enough to simply beat Trump. He must be destroyed thoroughly. See, they can talk about destroying Trump all they want. But if Donald Trump says we need to destroy the communist insurrectionists, he's a threat to democracy. He's the source of all violence. Pluff said in 2016, his kind, Donald Trump's kind, must not rise again. So th there probably will be violence. We'll see who starts it. Both sides eventually are going to engage in it. But what a year this next year is going to be. There's quite a few elections all over the world, by the way. I'll come to that in a second. But first, just to reiterate something we played on uh, on Monday. This is from the dear leader and he's basically he's basically giving you he's talking about the other side. But again, remember the case of projection. This is the Democrat playbook uh, pretty much summarized in about 30 or 40 seconds. Clip three. You just have to flood a country's public square with enough raw sewage. You just have to raise enough questions, spread enough dirt. Plant enough conspiracy theorizing that citizens no longer know what to believe. Once they lose trust in their leaders, in mainstream media, in political institutions, in each other, in the possibility of truth, the game's won. Again, a perfect description of the way these people op operate, the source of all this raw sewage. Just pour it, pour it into the public square. All of this propaganda coming from the regime media, an extension of the regime itself. Look at the way they covered up the laptop. Look at the way they <laughs> denied the election steal, all of that evidence. Look at the way they lied about January 6th and continue to lie. And now here they are, again, heads exploding because of another deranged tweet. The way they see it, it's a deranged tweet. Donald Trump saying, we're going to fight back. 
That's right. I played this, again, we condensed this down some. This is Catherine Herridge. She's among many who are, who are saying this is going to be a year of turmoil, not, not just for the United States, but for the world as well. Listen to this. I think she's at CBS, clip four. I just feel a lot of concern that 2024 may be the year of a black swan event, and not only this uh, sort of enduring heightened threat level that we're facing, uh, the wars in Israel, also Ukraine, and we're so divided in this country in ways that we haven't seen before, and I think that just creates fertile ground for our adversaries like North Korea, China, and Iran, and that's what uh, concerns me most. And then that clip from uh, Tucker, where, where he's on with Dan Bongino, and again, I, I played uh, more of this on, uh, on Monday, but he says, you know, they've tried everything to destroy Trump. <laughs> and they admit it. Jeffries, Pluff, they admit it openly. He must be destroyed. The, it's not enough to beat him at an election. They can't even do that. They've got to destroy him. This is Tucker, clip five. What could possibly be next? If you felt, and you really believed, and a lot of them do, that the worst thing that could happen to the country, and more specifically to you in the professional class, is to have Donald Trump as president, and everything you have tried has failed, and they have been accelerating steps, protests, impeachment, indictment, like, how many more arrows do you have in your quiver? And what's the next one? And of course, it's assassination. Everything, everything they've tried thus far has failed. These people are a threat to democracy, the real threat to democracy. And Donald Trump sees this, and he called them out the other day, just before saying Merry Christmas. <laughs> this is the bad orange man. And you see from the cold open how they react. It's the same way every time. Victor Davis Hanson, this piece over at uh, American Greatness, he said, in some sense, the country for recent years has been cruising on the fumes from prior and likely better, wiser generations and institutions. It says, in 2024, the tab for our current apathy, toxic politics, and incompetence will come due. We're coming to that point. The crossroads says, so next year we will likely see the climax to a number of current dangerous ideas, events, forces, which finally will either overwhelm us or be addressed and remedied. It says, we live in a Neronian age, but can recover if we first understand how we got here and the nature of the suicide that we're committing Yes, it was, it was Abraham Lincoln who talked about dying by suicide. Victor Davis Hanson sees it. A lot of people do now. I mean, we've been going on for, for I mentioned the 15-year fundamental transformation. For 10 years, we've had this book, America Under Attack, out there in the public discourse. It needs to be in more hands, even than it is at the moment. But we've been advertising this. We've been promoting this for 10 years. You see the 800 number there, 1-866-930-3024. I mean, this tells you right where we are, why it's happened, how it's happened, and what's coming. What's, what's going to happen beyond 2024? You get that message in America under attack as well. I mentioned uh, the year of, uh, of turmoil. It's, it's at the Council of Foreign Relations. It says two does, 2024 looks to be the mother of all election years. More than three dozen countries with a total population of four billion people will see their citizens head to the polls. So it's not just the United States that's holding an election. Of course, that's the one that most people will be focused on. But it says here, in many ways, if not most, of the, the countries headed for elections next year, the outcome remains up in the air. Uh, the results in some instances will be consequential, not just for the country in question, but for its neighbors as well. And in at least one case, speaking of America, the result could be consequential for the future of the world order. This is what we're coming into in the next calendar year. Victor Davis Hansen says, in 2023, it became clear 
to even the most loyal supporters of the Biden administration that the U.S. has simply lost or indeed forfeited American deterrence abroad. Talks about the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal that was in 2021, the, the 2022 war that Russia started with Ukraine. This has all been under Joe Obama's watch and that conflict continues. Just this year, the, the Chinese spy balloons seemed like a long time ago now, but that was earlier this year, just flying, floating, floating across U.S. airspace and not a response for, for quite some time before they then started shooting every balloon down. You'll see a reference to that in the, uh, the funnier moments from 2023. That's coming up at the end of today's show. It says here, the Hamas invasion of Israel, the serial Iranian-fueled terrorist attacks on the U.S. installations in the Middle East, and the terrorist Houthis, veritable absorption of the Red Sea. Sam talked a little bit about this yesterday. It says, many of America's opportunistic enemies drew conclusions and adopted strategies that would have been previously unthinkable. They know this is their opportunity. They know they're not going to be punished. Look at Hamas. Look at, look, at, look at the pressure the United States is putting on Israel to dial it down, to not go in and destroy Hamas. Just let them survive. Let them survive for a while in the tunnels, and then they can come back and plan more massacres and plan more 9-11s for Israel. Since January 2021, the Biden administration has flagrantly and unapologetically dismantled federal immigration law. It destroyed the border as we once knew it. It has already green-lighted more than 8 million illegal entrants with another quarter million entering each month. Think about that. Every single month. I think it was uh, some official in, in Pennsylvania that said that's like adding Pittsburgh every single month. The city of Pittsburgh says no one in government has offered any projected costs to state and federal agencies of offering health, food, housing, legal, and education subsidies to millions who broke the law by entering the U.S. and continue to violate it while residing unlawfully here. What what other nation has this as a policy? This is about the fundamental transformation. That's why when the Joe Obama officials are asked about, you know, what policies do we actually have in place to prevent this? They have no response. Because the policy is let everyone in. And then we'll give them handouts, nonstop, endless handouts. Listen to the New York City mayor. This is a, a left-wing mayor presiding over a blue city. Clip seven. The federal government said to New York City, we're not going to do our job. You do our job. <laughs> you take care of 4,000 people a week, Eric, you and your team. Back in April of last year, I was alone on this topic. Uh, but now you're seeing others uh, coming forward and saying, you know, hold on, Eric is right. Uh, and they're joining us. And that coalition is, is going to continue to grow because these cities deserve better. And I'm not only talking about New York, uh, Chicago, Los Angeles, El Paso, Brownsville, uh, you know, all of these cities, Houston, you know, cities should not be handling national problems. Cities deserve better. And meanwhile, you have not just all these illegal migrants streaming into America's biggest cities. You've got rampant crime. All of this, again, under Joe Obama's watch. It says in Victor's uh, piece, in 2024, either the border will close or the United States will suffer radical political realignments, sheer chaos in our major cities, protests from Americans furious over the complete flaunting of federal law by their own elected officials, and a likely impeachment of Joe Biden for deliberately forsaking his oath to faithfully execute the office of the President of the United States. Well, we'll see about that. Republicans haven't shown themselves to have much courage when it comes to actually punishing these offenders, punishing these these people who are hurting the United States. It's a sickness, it's a bitter affliction, like it says in America Under Attack. 
It's a sickness, as the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 1. It says here, the October 7 Hamas invasion of Israel and uh, pre-modern uh, massacring of nearly 1,200 Jews and the virulent anti-Semitism that swept our elite campuses and big cities even before the October 27 Israeli Defense Forces retaliatory invasion of Gaza. All that anti-Semitism, it was in full motion before Israel even responded. It shocked people in this country, in Britain. It shocked people around the world that the anti-Semitism, the Jew hatred, it was so open, so virulent. It says here it was a wake-up call about the radicalized hatred and the anti-Semitism now endemic on the left. They, they hate Jews. Barack Obama's leading the charge. It says here the apogee of such extremism was evident in the congressional testimony of three ethnically, sorry, <laughs> ethically, <laughs> big difference, challenged Ivy League presidents, they re reminded the nation that no campus president would unequivocally condemn, much less punish, any anti-Semites on a campus who openly called for the destruction of Israel and its Jewish population. Yeah, they can say whatever they want. Even they can talk openly about genocide of the Jews, and they're not going to be punished. Not by these Ivy League presidents. This is what the Ivy League churns out. You know about the one that's uh, over at Harvard, Claudine Gay? She, she's a plagiarist as well. And there's more and more that's coming out about her, her entire fake career. How dishonest she is. They can't get her out for being an anti-Semite. They can't get her out for being a plagiarist. And she's the president of Harvard. The New York Post writes, Harvard University President Claudine Gay, who has come under fire over accusations of plagiarism and anti-Semitism is now seeing her work further scrutinized after it was revealed two professors questioned a data method she used in 2001, 20, 22 years ago. This fraud of a woman it says it, it resulted in logical inconsistencies, this work on, on the paper that is. In 2002, Michael Heron, um, and uh, some of these other researchers, I'll just skip over all the names. Uh, they debunked the very foundation of Gay's research. According to two professors, Gay's analysis and extrapolations were based on the statistical practice known as ecological regression, which Heron and Schatz have spent years demonstrating leads to logical inconsistencies. That's what you get heading up at Harvard these days. No problem. I mean, Harvard and them, they churn out Supreme Court justices that, uh, that removed Donald Trump from the ballot. In, in the case of Colorado, three of those justices, Ivy League students, before they became jurists, distinguished jurists. It says Gay's 2001 paper is one of two the Harvard president had recently requested corrections for following allegations that she plagiarized many papers during her academic career. Many papers. The standard, as I said the other day, students are held to a higher standard at Harvard, and that's not very high. Coming back to the Victor Davis Hanson piece, he says, all this is not tenable, all that's happening. I mean, he just does a great job, as he often does, of giving the big picture of what's happening in the United States. It's not tenable. Our top universities are facing a perfect storm, declining pools of students, crushing student loan debt, spiraling tuition and room and board costs, administrative bloat, defecting donors, and the public's distrust of such people being entrusted with their children's higher education will all soon lead to a general re-examination of the very need of these universities in the first place. Herbert Armstrong was right about higher education. Look at what's happened to education today. All of these supposedly distinguished universities, even in the Ivy League. It says, currently, Colorado has tentatively removed Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot on the specious grounds that he's an insurrectionist. Hansen says, those responsible for erasing Trump know 
that he has never been charged with, much less convicted of insurrection, and he never will be. So they're, no, I mean, that's the way they plagiarize. They just make it up, the charges. Not even the charges, the conviction. He's an insurrectionist, so he's got to be removed from the ballot. Never mind November of 2024. Take him off now. That's, that's Harvard, that's Ivy League thinking. What are these universities churning out? Well, communist ideology, in large part. David Brooks, he's no fan. He's no fan. He's a rhino. He's no fan of Donald Trump. But listen to him opine about the, the decision those Colorado judges made the other week, clip six. Well, why is Donald Trump, why did he become president? Why are there populist movements across every Western country? It's because a lot of people in a lot of these countries, me included, think a highly educated cohort of, in this case, Americans, have created a, a hereditary meritocratic class. They have, too much, they have a lot of education. They now have a lot of cultural power. They control the media. They control the universities. They increasingly control the courts. And a lot of Americans say they have too much power. We're going to be populist. We're going to have an uprising. And then you have a, supreme, you have a series of judges with their Ivy League law degrees who come in and say, sorry, we're taking your guy off the ballot. That would explode this country. And in my view, explode it under the most dubious possible circumstances. For kicking off for the Insurrection Act, has he been convicted of, the, of offending the Insurrection Act? Has he been even charged with violating the Insurrection Act? No. Uh, and so to me, it would look like, and I think would be, uh, just an elite power grab to deny people their democratic rights. I assume the Supreme Court will throw this out anyway, but that's my view. There you go. Even, even the ones that hate Trump on the Republican side. We played some clips for you last week from John Bolton and others who are saying essentially the same thing as Mr. Brooks there. Victor Davis Hanson says, Americans understand that half the country knows the January 6th, sorry, I think he's referring to those, those Colorado judges. They understand that half the country knows the January 6th riot, he has in, in quotes, was the, the work of unarmed, overzealous, and buffoonish protesters who broke the law by entering the Capitol, but otherwise had no master insurrectionary plan. <laughs> An unarmed insurrection, really? They're going to overthrow the government with no weapons? Half of America understands that. You, more than half understand this. So many of these talking heads in the regime media, they know. They know what went down. That's why, they, that's why they work to cover up the footage. They don't want you to see what actually happened. They don't want you to see Trump supporters just kind of milling about there in the Capitol Rotunda. That's what so many of them were doing. Yeah, yeah there were a few that vandalized, that broke through a door. So put them in, give them a slap on the wrist. That's what would happen if they did it in downtown Portland. If even that, they know, you see, they know. It says here, and the majority surrounding the Capitol did in fact obey the president's call. The president's call to peacefully protest, to patriotically protest. It says here, the left privately understands that their latest weaponization of government follows their Russian collusion hoax, their laptop disinformation farce, their two politicized impeachments, their performance art Mar-a-Lago documents raid, and thus are all part of a systematic degradation of our campaigns, elections, and political customs, tradition, and discourse. They're cheating. They have been for years. They, like David Plouffe in 2016, it's not enough to beat him. You've got to destroy this movement. He, he can never rise again. Look at what they've been doing and getting away with since 2016. The harassment, the persecution, the sham impeachment proceedings, all these indictments, the felony counts, 91 of them. What's left in the quiver as Tucker said. It says here, a majority of Americans further know that had Donald Trump not chosen to run for office in 2024, state and federal prosecutors, 
such as the publicity-seeking and partisan Alvin Bragg, Letitia James, Jack Smith, and Fannie Willis would never have indicted him. Never would have happened. But because of Get Trump, they've got to indict him. They've got to throw him behind bars. They've got to raid Mar-a-Lago. They've got to come up with the, <laughs> the mugshot seen right around the world, by the way. It says, all privately know that the entire Biden family, including the president, could just as easily be indicted on state and local felonies, but the Biden consortium finds itself exempt both for its leftist ideology and its current control of the Department of Justice. See, Obama controls the DOJ. Obama weaponized those institutions. They march to the orders of the dear leader. It says here, what, uh, what then do the campaign and election of 2024 foreordain? We will be in entirely new and completely dangerous territory. See, it's just important that we prepare ourselves emotionally for what's coming. We don't know all the in, ins and outs, the details, but we're heading into dangerous territory. A lot of uh, the sharper commentators can see that now. It says the likely Republican nominee who currently leads incumbent President Joe Biden will be for most of 2024 the constant target of a coordinated state and local Soviet-like effort to destroy his candidacy before the voters can even vote for or against him in November. See, here's the real danger. Forget about the cold open and all the exploding heads over a tweet. This is, this is what we can expect for all of 2024. Constant attacks. This is what's been happening for seven years. And it's going to intensify. If you can believe that, if you can even wrap your mind around that, it will intensify. It says here, the U.S. 2023 annual budget deficit is about $1.7 trillion. The nation's burdened by $34 trillion in national debt, even though the federal government, since 2021, has raised all sorts of taxes. I mean, the revenue coming into the United States, into the Treasury, it's at record levels because of the oppressive taxes put upon us by communist regimes running the government. And yet, still, they're running short by about $1.7 Is that sustainable? Just tack on another $1.7 what's the What's the deal? I mean, we can just print more. It says here, the era of printing money, zero interest rates, modern monetary theory, and spending wildly is drawing to a close. It's unsustainable. We're heading into dangerous times. It says, the mounting interest on the national debt is now crowding out uh, op optional but soon essential annual federal spending. Just a couple more quotes here from Victor Davis Hansen's piece. Further on, he says, in sum... In 2024, we will either see the destruction of presidential electoral politics as we have known them or a complete repudiation of lawfare. The current new normal that the party in power indicts the leading candidate of the opposition is not sustainable or compatible with the idea of America. This is what communist regimes do and get away with. This is why Vladimir Putin, for the election in Russia uh, next year, no one, no one would suggest that the opposition would have any chance of getting into power. And this is the kind of power that the communist left want here in the United States, to where they're never, ever removed, certainly not by the bad orange man. It says here, finally, if what we saw after October 7th or the wild and out-of-control reign of weaponized local and state prosecutors, or what we watch nightly on television at the border, or the, the paralyses we witness abroad of our military, or the breezy way in which our officials promise groups here and abroad billions of dollars in easy money continues into 2024, then the country as we know it will become unrecognizable. This is where we're headed. 
There is a massive confrontation coming in the United States as we head into 2024. Remember, remember this coffee-stained trumpet magazine that we had right at the very beginning of this calendar year, 2023, ready for war with a picture of Donald Trump on the cover. If you haven't subscribed to the Trumpet Magazine, call our operators today and request your free, free, a free one-year subscription to get tomorrow's news today. The 800 number, it's 1-866-930-3024. When we come back, we'll finish off, well, not quite finish off with our Bible study segment because we want to leave a few minutes at the end of the show for some funnier moments on the Trumpet Daily these past 12 months. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. What has happened to the United States of America? The wealthiest, most powerful nation in human history is suddenly divided, weakened, radical. The evil in America has grown powerful. The good has grown weak. The honorable parts of American history are succumbing to a direct, targeted, sustained assault. Someone, something is dismantling America's history, purpose, and character. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Political dysfunction, social strife, economic peril, catastrophic moral failure, fires, attacks, riots, lies. The nation is being attacked from within by its own leaders. Powerful elites in government, journalism, academia, and beyond are intentionally, rapidly destroying what America is in order to make it into something else. There is a reason why your nation is crumbling before your eyes. There is a spirit and a specific perpetrator that is attempting to blot out America. Only America Under Attack reveals that perpetrator and the motive and spirit behind him. This newly expanded book shows you the reason why America has changed so dramatically, so suddenly. If you're confused and concerned about what is happening to America, request your free copy of America Under Attack by Gerald Flurry at thetrumpet.com. I mentioned before the break there, Herbert Armstrong, how he was right about uh, higher education. He certainly was. I mean, he was spot on in our principles of living class here at the college. We, uh, we go through at least uh, significant portions of Alan Bloom, the late Alan Bloom's classic text from uh, 19, what was it, 86 or 87, The Closing of the American Mind. And uh, as I'll often note with our students, I mean, long before Mr. Bloom came along with that book, you had Herbert Armstrong writing about the problem with higher education. He was onto it in the 1940s and 50s. So much propaganda, so many young people being brainwashed. And you know what else he was onto was the communist infiltration of the United States, of academia, the universities, the Ivy League even. There's a chapter in He Was Right. This one here, another brochure we point to quite often. There's lots of content in here, but one of them is on the communist infiltration of the United States and how that it was prophesied. Listen to what Herbert Armstrong wrote in Mystery of the Ages. Now, this is in 1985. He says, higher education contemptuously ignores, without any consideration whatsoever, the biblical truths revealing man's presence on the earth and the causes of the present state of civilization. He says, education in the civilized world today has become entirely materialistic. He often talked about how the focus was on just, just strictly how to earn a living as opposed to how to live. And of course, even today, while there may be some fields, again, that it would be helpful in a college setting to learn how to make a living, the, the communist propaganda that's together with it. And then, of course, no instruction whatsoever on how to make life work, on how to have a happy marriage, 
on how to raise and teach and train your children on how to give to the community, how to be a, a contributing member of society, law, a law-abiding member of the community. It says here, education has become a combination of the agnosticism of evolution, the politics and economics of Karl Marx, and the morals and social patterns of Sigmund Freud. Again, he was right. It says here, higher education remains in utter ignorance of the mystery of mankind and of human civilization. It's quite the, quite the synopsis of higher education today. A combination of evolution, Karl Marx, and Sigmund Freud, basically. Those are the big influences. And no wonder, no wonder the, the universities are turning out these radicals whether they're on the Colorado Supreme Court or heading up at Harvard as the president. Mr. Armstrong wrote in 1947, evolution, just to focus on this first point, evolution in plain language is the atheistic's explanation of a creation without a creator. They want to remove God from the picture. So they've got their faith. They've got their religion. And it revolves around evolution. We're just progressing right along, getting better and better and better. It's exactly the opposite. Maybe the technology is better. But look at what we're doing with the technology. Look at what's wrong with our minds. Look at what's sweeping across nations. A year of turmoil. 2024. The war in 24. We've got to prepare for it. It says here, higher education during the 20th century has come with virtual unanimity to accept the evolutionary theory. It no longer even considers the possibility of a designed and planned creation by a God of supreme mind, perfect intelligence, and limitless power. It doesn't even consider that. You can't even discuss that. This is from Psalm 14 and verse 1 well-known verses here. It says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Paul picked up on some of these verses, uh, paraphrasing them in, in Romans 3, I think it is. But how foolish it is. I mean, to start with that premise, yeah, there's no God. And uh, God says only a fool would conclude that. There's no reason to be intimidated by the scholars and the intellects of this world that come at you with that, that fundamentally flawed premise that there is no God, that there is no creator. It all just happened. Now, that like Mr. Armstrong used to say, that takes some faith to just believe that everything there is, it, it came from nothing. A lot of people believe that. A lot of people think that's pretty sophisticated. God says that's just rank ignorance. Read Romans 1. Read what he says about what happens to the, the human mind when you remove God from the equation. I've got some of those verses later in my notes. Maybe we'll have time to get to them. But just to finish here in Psalm 14, it says in verse 2, The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. It says, they are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. That's God's assessment. Well, that's not a pretty picture. No one's doing good. It's just like other verses that say, we're just going to, we're going to be at a point where everyone is doing what seems right in his own eyes. Judges 21, 25, Proverbs 14, 14 and verse 12. You can see that in Deuteronomy 12 as well. Moses warning the Israelites, don't just get into human reasoning run amok. That, that destroys nations. This is from the booklet, Does God Exist? It says, evolution usually postulates that things come about gradually through the slow-moving natural processes of the present. 
Mr. Armstrong says, try to imagine, if you can, something coming into existence out of nothing gradually. Doesn't even make sense. It's not logical. Can your mind entertain the idea? I think not. No, I think if you are rational, you will have to accept the fact of a special and necessarily instantaneous creation and some power or someone had of necessity to do the creating. Yes, all that we see in the physical realm, it was brought into existence by a great spiritual power, a being with limitless power. Hebrews 11 and verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. The worlds were framed. Read what God says in the closing chapters of the book of Job. Job thought he knew more than God. And God said, where were you when I laid the foundations for this earth? You think, you, you think you've built great pyramids? I built the universe. You can see, too, how that when you throw God out the window, you become filled with pride and vanity. That's where we are as a society. We think we know more than God. This is from The Plain Truth. Going back to 1984, this was Herbert Armstrong's flagship uh, monthly magazine. He said, the real Big Bang was a well-planned, deliberately executed act of creation. How would you expect a super powerful divine being to bring forth an entire universe with a small fizzle, a limp thud, or a weak whimper? Of course not. Of course not. The creation of the universe was accomplished with a glorious display of light, heat, matter, and energy, a display that still reverberates throughout space. Yes, the heavens, as, as the psalmist wrote, the heavens surely do declare God's glory. They reveal. Read Romans 1 and verse 20. Read Psalm 19. There's evidence all around of God's greatness and power. There's also a lot of evidence of man's ability to destroy and twist and pervert because of lawlessness. Why has God allowed all of that? Well, that's why you need to really delve into an in-depth study I'll just take you back to Mystery of the Ages. I gave you that quote there to start this segment. That's from Mystery of the Ages. That's the final crowning achievement of Herbert Armstrong's ministry from 1985. And it gives you the grand overview of God's magnificent plan and purpose. It tells you what God is working out here below. That's got to be right at the foundation of true education. We'll get into more, the evolution, the politics of Karl Marx, the social ideas and theories of Sigmund Freud, who was a pervert. We'll get into, we'll get into those more in, uh, in future programs. But I'm going to cut it off a little bit short today so that, we, so that we reserve a few minutes for some fun. Some fun over this past year. We'll go, we'll go away to a short promo and then come back with uh, some of the funnier or lighter moments of 2023. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. Daily News, Bible Prophecy. See the connection on the Trumpet Daily. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the flood of news and information? You need something to sift the news and bring you only what matters most. You need the Trumpet Daily. You also need something to help you understand not just what's happening now, but what will happen next. You need the Trumpet Daily. Only the Trumpet Daily accurately matches daily news to precise Bible prophecies. Because Bible prophecy is the only tool up to the task of sifting the news down to what's important and showing you what will happen next. Join host Stephen Flurry every weekday. Go to TrumpetDaily.com.
and basically said, this is supposedly Bragg's lead witness, Michael Cohen. This is, are we still on? Everything just went dark here. I'll keep talking until they give me a thumbs down in the uh, the studio. Now, it's like boom, 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 boom. Anything that they see in the sky, it's coming down. It's coming down right away. They actually captured the sound of papers rustling? Wow, what a revelation. Finally, finally they got the papers rustling. If Trump gets back in, he's a dictator for life directly into Joe Biden's bank account. All of this corruption. Whoa. All of this corruption. Whoa. Knock my coffee over. All of this corruption. I'm gonna watch my gestures. This is all in the trumpet. This particular issue happens to have a nice coffee stain right in the middle. It's now, it's now a collector's item, let's say. <laughs> She's a woman. You can't fire her. She's too big to fire. Not me, not literally, but you know what I mean. He knows what he's doing, and he thinks it works. <laughs> How many books has that guy written? There's a good uh, screen grab right there. <laughs> There's Michael Beschloss going on and on about Hitler. Adolf Hitler, that's right. <laughs> All right, I'll take it off the screen. You're making me laugh. They're having too much fun in the control room. I can hear him laughing. Just for fun, Google the longest federal job description or title. Here's one. The Acting VHA Associate Deputy Undersecretary for Health, Oversight, Risk, and Ethics. How would America survive if Donald Trump returned to office? Because the voters put him there. How could we possibly survive if the acting VHA, Associate Deputy Undersecretary for Health, Oversight, Risk, and Ethics got fired. Could we sustain that kind of a blow? And there will be more in 24. You can look more, you can look forward to some more fun, some lighter moments. Not not a lot, but every every now and again, it's uh, it's nice to spice things up a little bit. The only thing we left out of that one, we had a longer version, but we went with the shorter one. I loved the uh, the dramatic oral reading that we had for the Donald Trump mugshot. Sam, remember, narrated through. A, a legitimate piece, I forget where it was, New York Times or somewhere, as they were describing all of the details. And it was such a somber and sobering moment. You know, that was a, you saw that in the, uh, the Grabian montage that we played for you on Monday. In any event, I'm out of time. We're out of funny moments. You can, you can send us some feedback. Tell us how much you like the lighter moments from 2023. The email address, TD at the trumpet. Com. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. Thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.